All right, folks, welcome to the Eric Anders Lang Show presented by Precision Pro. Very excited for today. Are you excited, Jojo? I couldn't be more excited, not for only for our guest, but for my new RX-10 because my last one didn't have slope adjustment and I miss a lot of greens. Here's the thing about the RX-10, and I don't know if you know this, Jojo, but if you get it to the right temperature, the meat just falls off the bone. Didn't know that. <laughs> and it just, it tastes like... This is a rangefinder. It's, it's an award win. Oh, oh, RX-10 yeah, yeah. rangefinder. I think it's the RX-10 cut. Yeah, that's what I did. My just because my my thing's really more of a slice than a cut, but it, it is juicy. <laughs> oh my god! If you, I know you don't have that planned because I because I threw this on you right here. Um, anyway, the Precision Pro rangefinders have lightning quick target lock. I'm talking like Jason Bourne. Wow! You know the reds and the blues, the greens. Give me all. You know that one. You know when I put the rangefinder to my eye and I'm looking at the green, it looks like a Jason Bourne yeah. camera. Sometimes it's shaking around. <laughs> it looks like, like a fight scene. Sometimes it feels like. Remember the one where it was like the girl from Run Lola Run or whatever. Remember that first Jason Bourne where they were like in that tiny car. That was the best one. I feel like Jason Bourne and Precision Pro. Anyway, they've got an upgraded HD display, the Precision Pro rangefinders, and they also have extra strong magnetic cart mounts. In fact, so strong. It's so strong, you might not be able to take it home <laughs> with you. It's stuck to the cart forever. And there's a slope switch. So head over to precisionprogolf.com slash Eric for $20 off your next rangefinder. Yeah, just just go do it. And other stuff going on in uh, RGC this week, because right now, are you heading on your way to Sand Valley? I'm going to go hang out at Sand Valley. We're going to finish up the sixth episode of Adventures in Golf Season 7. With Tom Doak, I'm pretty excited. We're going to talk about the Lido golf course. It's always fun to engage with someone like him. He just knows so much about golf. It's cool. Got a lot of questions for Tom. And we got the primary collection coming out this week, Wednesday at noon. What's your favorite? I think it's the bucket hat. I go back and forth, but I like the bucket hat right now. There's a bucket hat. There's two uh, like baseball hats, a T-shirt, uh, four head covers, and they're all aimed at celebrating sort of the early experience of coming to golf and being on the driving range. Um, head over to randomgolfclub.com this Wednesday at noon to take your pick. Yeah, what's your favorite? I mean, I mean the bag is the bag. It all centers around Which, the golf there are bag. Two bags. One of them sold out, so yeah. go get the color block now while you can. Yeah. Which one, the color one or the um, the Lego one, is what I call it. I mean, I like the colored one, but I was really not sure that it was going to do well but yeah. everybody loves it i it's my bag it's my daily driver it's a sick bag i put that bag in the back of of golf carts and i like tie it right in there it lo- they, the cart love the cart's yeah, like the, oh hey cart's like, oh thank god the cart's yeah. like get in um we got augustine pisa on the podcast today longtime friend and a, he's a he's a he's just one of those guys who is um never ever struggling for excitement. I guess it's a side note here. So Augustine Pisa is an architect, golf course architect, uh, born in Tijuana. We did an episode of Adventures in Golf with him in Tijuana from season six. Great episode. Um, and uh, and he was on another earlier podcast in July of 2019. We did episode 141. Just absolute long time ago. Can well, You'll tell the story on the podcast. Three years I ago, yeah. Because it was kind of an interesting story about where you, where y'all were what in you life, were doing yeah. yeah but the yeah i just want to say we didn't really talk about it but there was a there was a so this is 2022 so a year and a half ago i was in mexico uh on the christmas and you know holiday break mm-hmm. new year's holiday break i think i was out for two weeks i just was gone and that's you're like this is crazy this is before you were on in the company i think yeah Jennifer. this is this is when wild wild west times before everything settled down yeah this easy, is when easy. I would take vacation. And so I was down there and I didn't have any plans. And I was in, I went to Oaxaca, I went to Puerto Escondido and I drove from there to Oaxaca City. And then I was in Oaxaca City and Augustine texted me and was like, you're in my country because he's from Mexico. I'm in yeah. Mexico. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, what are you doing for New Year's? And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, come, come stay at my house. So I, so I flew to his house with uh, Anita, this girl I was seeing at the time. And we flew to, <laughs> we flew to, Puerto Vallarta just spent the day with him and the night and we watched the fireworks. And then on New Year's Eve, he's like, What do you, New Year's Day? He was like, Um, meet me in the lobby at like 10 a.m. So we go to the lobby and he's like, All right, we're gonna go. We get in the car, we go to the we go to some boat yard, and he's got a boat. And we go out on his boat for like the whole day and we go swimming. And it's just like he's got this cute son and his family, and like took us to dinner. Just had a great little adventure with Augustine Pizan in Puerto Vallarta. I feel like I just listened to the plot of a Pixar movie. 
very wholesome. Very wholesome. Just beautiful. Yeah. I, uh, I really, I really, he's one of these guys where I just have a ton of time for him and I'm going to have a lot more time for him when we open up the HQ putting green in Austin because he designed the putting green. Yeah. He's, he is part of the fat. He is a weaver of the fabric of RGC in a, in a way that many people are not. Yeah. So anyway, I look forward to his conversation today and, uh, hearing about architecture and the world. Um, and, uh, thank you very much for the conversation, Augustine. And thank you for FanDuel Sportsbook for making this podcast possible. We were able to head over to Scotland during the Open Championship and record about a dozen podcasts um, in person. It was really amazing. I want to thank FanDuel um, for, for making that happen and for being the official um, betting operator of the PGA Tour. If you use the promo code RGC, you're going to get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000, which is a really exciting way to start your day. I don't know if you do your betting in the morning or at night. Jojo, preferred time of day to bet? Uh, oh. Just about 10 a.m., yeah. 10 a.m. is a good betting time. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of... Anyway, some whatever. clarity. Yeah. <laughs> Still got some coffee in your fleth, on your breath. Um, uh, you know, you're going to get great promotions every day, safe and secure app, and get paid fast with FanDuel Sportsbook. It's America's number one. So download it today and get your promo code RGC in there to use your no-sweat-first bet of up to $1,000 FanDuel Sportsbook is the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. What's the promo code, JoJo? Give it to him. I, it doesn't stand for Random Gambling Club, but what happened? Oh, oh. How did that happen? Random Ganar Club, and in oh. Spanish, that means to win. Or GC, and <laughs> right on cue. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week, and enjoy the conversation with Augustine. You're, you're from Mexico, but is this maybe your home as well? I. I <laughs> don't you mean what is it in uh, in Mexican? How do you say uh, or in Spanish? Mexican Spanish? How do you say it's like slang? Way? Yes. Way? Si, si way? Claro way. Claro way. Claro way. Yeah. Of course. I yeah. Def- this is uh, definitely my second home. Definitely, it's I've I've since I studied here, I really really got lured into this place. The the people, you know, just just wearing a kilt outside makes you a proper. Yeah, you know, Scott. You've done that uh, for graduation or for other times? Every time that I could. Yes. <laughs> and definitely for graduation. And uh, if in case uh, if that was the next question, yes, uh, I wore it as a true Scott. Really? Oh, yeah. No <laughs> underwear is what he's saying, folks. How many times have you done that? I've done it, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, five or six times. No shit. Yeah, definitely for graduation. And that is really a goosebump moment when you're inside the university um building uh building of a 300 year old building a fabulous theater and uh and your name is being called and you're out there in a kilt receiving your diploma for a master's degree did they pronounce your name properly they did yes augustine pisa (laughs) in in uh yes augustine pisa yeah so it was it uh and and of course with the you have a bagpiper playing in the background so uh Every single time that I hear a, ba- a bagpipe, it, it gives me the goosebumps, like like when I hear a mariachi at yeah. midnight. It sure. is yeah, just yeah. as as impressive. There, that really is a, a collab to rival all of them. Mariachi, you know, v bagpipe. Yes, <laughs> you. That's so interesting. I, I was actually thinking as you were talking, like um, it's a surprise actually that the champion golfer of the year doesn't end up in a kilt. After the tournament. Interesting. Right? I mean, shouldn't they? Probably, yes. Well, it depends because with the Rota, obviously, takes them down to England. So uh, it's not like if, if you have an English champion, you'll never see him in a kilt. Holtz <laughs> <laughs> isn't doing it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a Scottish yeah. tournament, though. Can we I say like that? that. It, it is a Scottish Of course. This is where Scottish it's game. the home of golf, isn't it? Yeah. Huh? I said, yeah, way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually almost have spent more time in Mexico and with Mexican culture, like whatever throughout, you know, living in Southern California, a lot of Mexican influence. Look, just for the record, if you're, if this is your first time meeting Augustine on today's show, uh, we've done a lot together. I think our crowning achievement was the Adventures in Golf episode in Tijuana. In Tijuana, yes, sir. At the um, Club Campestre, Tijuana. I mean... I'm proud of a lot of things that uh, I've been lucky enough to create 
with people. I think that's up there, right? In my top five of what we made in Tijuana. Well, your opening statement on that program really went under my skin. It was beautifully done, poetic. Which opening? Right in the corner of where Latin America begins, which Mm. is in the corner of, you know, that top left corner, north uh, west corner of Tijuana, uh, where you see the wall that ends into the ocean. Mm. Uh, and right there, you were very poetic when you began your when you began your your program and uh, and Spanglish. covering in Spanglish. Hola, buenos días. Yeah, yeah. Mi nombre es Estamos en Tijuana, <laughs> una ciudad de gente que conocen dos culturas. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah. When was the first time you came to America? Uh, well, born and raised in Tijuana, it was uh, San Diego was my backyard, so I was very lucky with that. I, I've been uh, kind of like a bicultural. The uh, diaspora of between Tijuana and San Diego, it is very common for us just to cross the border. Pre 9-11, yeah. you cross the border in four or five minutes. The maximum line was a 15-minute line. So yeah. when we were out there, you know, for us to go to the movies or to go to the, see the Chargers or the Padres. You would literally just, go, just to go there. You asked to watch a movie. Yes. It's like a state line. It is it just like it was like a state line prior 9-11. After that. Now, now they have the Sentry card, which is like a trusted traveler card. And yeah. so now, now whoever has it, then we cross in 15, 20 minutes, you know, trusted yeah. travelers, the others, you can, you can wait for three hours, I've four done, hours. I've done five, six hours. Yes. So as uh, a U.S. citizen, even like trying to go back home. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You will, you will be, uh, uh, even U.S. citizens have to apply right. for the trusted for the century, traveler. Right. Yes. Yeah. Cause just cause you're a U.S. citizen doesn't mean you should be trusted. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. <laughs> You know, um, I remember one of the biggest takeaways, one of the, one of the large takeaways for me when we were looking at the golf club that you're sort of have this kind of wild fairy tale like story of restoring in the town that you grew up in um, was that two of the biggest events for Tijuana were American moments, whether it was um, uh, Prohibition and 9-11. But both of those affected Tijuana very heavily, which which really kind of indicates the reality of like a of codependent relationship of a border town. We're tied to the hip. And sometimes, you know, people don't understand how tied to the hip we are. Our economy from Tijuana economy, uh, the San Diego economy depends on us as well, and vice versa. And we, uh, and yes, going back to those, you know, prohibition era, we were very grateful for that. Yeah. As, uh, as, as, you know, Tijuana City back then. <laughs> it was called Tia Antuana. I love and that's it. where the name Tijuana comes from. And um, uh, and, and yes, if we go back to that, which you, you're, you're going to have to see the program, the special program, but Tijuana is part of the belt historic golf course golden age of architecture belt in California from Tijuana all the way to the bay up in the north. That All, all that in the early 30s uh, that that's when they were building all these beautiful golf courses, Cypress Point, Pebble Beach, you know, La Jolla Country Club, etc. And and Tijuana was not the ex- exception; it was the Agua Caliente Country Club. Yeah. Now we'll come back in a minute because currently we're sitting. How would you describe where we're sitting right now? Let me take a deep breath. We are sitting in. Uh, in a spiritual place, in a spiritual place that takes us back in time. Uh, we're just lucky, all of us, to be here in this era living what I think is the most important uh, event of our lifetime, if you are in the golf industry. This is the, the epitome of events in our, in our lifetime. I, 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 that's how I see it. I cherish it like that. I'm very happy, lucky, uh, privileged uh, to, to have been in, invited. Uh, and that is the, that even makes it even, you know, more special when you, when a lot of hard work, dedication, friendship through the industry friends, uh, and all that, uh, sendipidity, all of that, you know, twirls into 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 a result like this and just spending time with friends and just being friends i love that you see the world in a beautiful way (laughs) um yeah i mean we're 
I was looking for something a little more simple. <laughs> I was like, we're in St. Andrews. Well, we're in St. Andrews. We're in St. Andrews. <laughs> yes, clearly it means... I don't, know what, I don't know the name of the street, but we're uh, uh, right here in St. Andrews. Neither. It's probably like Golf Place. Yeah. I mean, it's like right. we're right off of the first tee in the 18th yes. green. And, um, you know, I just think like here for the Open, you say the biggest event of our lifetimes. Is that the 150th Open in St. Andrews? That is referring Why? to the 150,000. I think it's just... It's just I, I love tradition. I love tradition as much as I, it's kind of probably kind of like ironic, as much as you know how I, uh, you know, how my work is, which is completely, uh, I would like to think out of the box thinking, I really love tradition. The only way and the way, be, why I design the way I design is because I think that I like to think that I know the history. You cannot, you have to really study the history and the art and the science behind that history in order to transform it in, in a respectable way. So uh, to me, these traditions are the base of what my work has transformed. Because if you see it, it's still, even though it's, it's, it's different, it still keeps all of the values of golf. I'm not trying to reinvent golf. I'm not trying to, to make it better or worse. It, uh, no, it is, just an, uh, uh, it is just, if you imagine, a, 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 I just like to create a, a fork where all these lines run in parallel to uh, something as artistic, strategic, uh, historic as the old course. You're right. I mean, you absolutely have to, like, you know, it's like uh, Picasso, his early work, no one, it's not a big deal, right? He had to learn the basics kind of. And in some sense, golf is like, you know, it's like a cult, right? We believe the same things mostly. Most golfers are kind of like, yeah, like it's, there's there's a shared belief about what has happened, the history of it all. So I think um, I totally agree with that statement. And as far as, I mean, you know, taking it to another level, your experience with, you know, building the uh, opposition that every golfer faces, that's kind of... Um, it's in, it, from what I've learned about architecture, it's interesting that it's truly equal parts like logistics and like... Um, you know, kind of like just basic geological problem solving. And then the other is like, you know, the equal part, the, the, the challenging aspect of it. And then it's like the beauty. So it's really marriage of three kind of like, not necessarily, um, you know, um, supporting things. Like some of those are actually pretty opposed. Like I would imagine there's a lot of times where it's like, well, I need to do this. I want to do that. And what if I could do that? You know what I mean? It's like they, they want me to do There's a client also. You got four things working at the same time. Not necessarily, sometimes in opposition. I like, I like where this is headed the, uh, at the end. This is, you know, anybody can design if you know the rules. If you study the rules, it's a safe way to start designing. And you will create a beautiful thing. There is no such thing as a as an ugly golf course. It's beautiful. You're out there on the park. Wow. You're out there listening to the birds. There's not a lot of people enjoying. Some people must find a way to agree with, disagree with you. Well, uh, maybe they do, but I, my, just to finish that point is that I don't think there's an ugly golf course. There are badly designed and good and well-designed, but the golf course per se, the golf course is not going to be ugly. Because you're out there enjoying nature. You're out there enjoying the, 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 the sunshine. You're out there enjoying the birds, the sounds, the, the, the park. It's a walk in the park at the end of the day. So now, who has the ability, the sensitivity to actually judge a, a, a golf course? That's, that's, when you can, that's when you can really start a debate. I think that, yes, they are badly designed as they are badly maintained, or they're very well maintained, or they're very... Uh, well designed, but there is no ugly golf course. That is my first part. The second one is that it's beautiful. Uh, you know, you, you going back to the rules. It's great. I can learn all the rules. I can learn all the, spe the specifications. I can learn all the guidelines. Uh, which, by the way, there are there are no rules into designing, just guidelines. And uh, but the real magic begins when you design with the exceptions. That's when you, that's when the real magic begins. No ugly golf course. Tell me an I ugly mean, golf course. I want to agree with you, right? Tell I, me an technically ugly speaking, golf I should. Um, tell you an ugly golf course. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess there are some that are like uninspiring, pretty bland, but I don't know if that means ugly. Yeah. I mean, that would be like saying like a tree is ugly. Exactly. That, that's, that's my point of view anyway. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I guess that there, there are ugly buildings. <laughs> no, that's, that they are. Yes. <laughs> there are some ugly buildings out there. Yes. Well, you know the uh, the difference. Maybe that was a civil engineer. You know the difference between a civil engineer and an architect, don't you? No. What? Well, a a an architect, our house will fall down. A civil engineer, you want to tear it down. So <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So that's why we're that's why we're a compliment. Yeah. Um, I, go, going back to the um, you know, the adventures in golf episode we did, like. What's happened since then? Um, you know, that was almost a year ago. And, um, you know, again, if you haven't seen it, season six, Adventures in Golf Tijuana, you know, what, 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 we left the story at, you had developed some plans. Yes. What's happened? We, uh, we have developed the uh, master plan. I was uh, hired to, to study William Bell, which was, uh, by the way, one of the co-founders of the American Society of Golf Course Architects. So he's a very, very important part of our architect, golf architecture in this history. And um, uh, the lineage is, goes all the way you know, to Thompson and then all the way to Alistair McKenzie. And so all of that generation were in California, the Baja. Uh, so we, the first thing we were studying and finding out all the history that we can get from the Agua Caliente Country Club in the in the early 30s, which, by the way, that it, it's a great it's a great program because you also touch the Caesar salad story that not yes. a lot of people know. So I love that story. Yeah. <laughs> so um, when you go back to that, uh, the, we we went back to that studying everything. Went and looked at all the plans that we could get. There are some good pictures. There are some good, uh, 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 you know, like kind of like a sketch type plans. We have studied it. We have come up with a restoration uh, plan, master plan, and a with a little touch of what we would do now. What The other question that I had is, what would William Bell want to do now? I find that very important because usually when we do a restoration, we just go back and read and, trans, and transcript right. what we see. But I don't know if anybody asks doing a cult restoration, what would cult be doing now? I like to, uh, yeah, that's what I question. So I asked myself and my team, what would William Bell be doing now? With all of these characteristics, what would he be doing now? So we, we came in with a few uh, touches of what we think he would be doing oh, now. I can't wait to see. So, so when, when will it be done? That's, that's a different story. That's, this is phase one. We, yeah. we are at phase one. And now... Like any country club in the world, now it needs to go by the council and the voting and the members and the funding. And so we're in that stage. So okay. fingers crossed. It is a, uh, a plan of uh, hopefully, uh, you know, it, it turns, it, it is a 1927 design finished or built in 1930. Uh, so it would be fantastic if by... Year 30, it, they, we could celebrate the 100 years and obviously have you there. Man, I would love to be there. It would be amazing. I would love yes. to celebrate. It was one of my favorite trips we've ever done. I just learned so much about Tijuana. I know we're in St. Andrews. We're going to talk about that again. But like, I really enjoyed learning about a place that, you know, I mean, look, to be honest, like I, I'm, I wouldn't have really gone to, you know, but that's a lot of these places that I, I wouldn't have, if I hadn't played golf, I wouldn't have come to St. Andrews. Exactly. Like, why would I go to St. I would go somewhere. I don't know where I would go, but I'm also curious to know where. No, not for the haggis. Yeah. <laughs> I've never tried it. You have to. i got to try it. Um, I'm curious to know if you've had any random experiences since filming. I know, because I just think, like, you know, you're a behind-the-scenes guy in some sense. Like, you know, you're building these things that people play. And, you know, like, I'm curious to know if people come up to you and been like, I recognize you from the show. Like, I'm just, has that happened? What's that like? It just happened five minutes ago. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> Like in the hotel. It, it just happened five minutes ago, entering the hotel, and uh, and and a random gentleman stops me, Agustin, Agustin Pisa. Oh, I, I follow you on Instagram, blah, 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 and I've seen you. Oh, yes, we're, we're going to go in with an interview with Eric. Right. Oh, yes, I follow you guys. 
great show. So it just happened. And yes, it does. It does happen. Of course, you're a great influencer in the in the positive way of the of the of the word. Now that it has you know changed a lot. Well, it makes me happy because I think um, it allows people like the world we're in now is very self-published. So I think it allows um, you know like a conversation that could never occur with someone that you would probably want to talk to that probably feels the same way about the same things. And that, that to me is like, um, you know, that's where it starts to get, that's why it's called random golf club, you know, is it's like, you just really have no idea what's going to unfold when you put it out there. Well, you know, I'm a big fan of, of, of your movement because it is a movement and I, and I, and I get inspired by, by you and your team because I, one of my, one of my biggest dreams in golf architecture is to create a movement. Is to create a movement, and you know, for you know, start designing for the non-golfer, or or with you know, wellness golf or more type purpose golf or the butterfly effect or whatever I'm doing. And conceptually, I I get inspired by by movements like yours. So I'm, I appreciate it. I really like that. Big fan. Just so if you're listening and this is this is enjoyable, which it obviously is, um, we did a podcast years ago. Mexico it might City. even be, I don't know what episode it was, but it was an early episode. It might have been episode 30 or something crazy. Um, I think Jojo's going to try to find it right now. Did you know this, Jojo? He didn't know. This is like way before me. This is way uh, this is before City, you were born. Mexico City, you... Oh my God, it was in Mexico City and, and there was so many frequencies. Yes. The the radio, the, the audio was getting like... Bienvenidos a México. Hola, ¿cómo están? Buenas noches. Burrito. Burrito. Y el fútbol. Chilequiles. Frijoles. Oh, my God. I fucking love Mexico. That was beautiful. Could it have been episode 85? Yeah. Check in with Eric, Mexico, Invitational and Cigars. Um, no, oh, that I, was prior because you did that was Chablis. Prior. That was Chablis. You we came to Chab- meet you after that. Yeah, we met after Chablis. You covered Chablis. You, yeah. uh, which I lo- absolutely felt just unbelievable. That's as how an we architect. got connected in the first That's place. That's how we got connected. We went to you, this resort you outside Medida. Shot Chablis and took my design and concept to Japan to the innovative yes that's right architects innovative golf golf, golf innovation, innovation symposium. symposium yes and I was blown away yeah this was all a big time and for me in my career this was kind of like when the first big door really opened I love I love what you say there uh, Eric because I'm I'm all about thresholds yeah I love thresholds I design with thresholds I like to think sure. that I do and uh, and and my career I've also have had thresholds and and that's one of yours the when you when you did that fabulous symposium in japan talking about cool projects and luckily one of my what one was mine but uh, i know that you covered other places in the world that was just amazing that was cool that was crazy man that was good and i do have to thank you for the first tea because you went remember we we went in puebla in in puebla and you covered our first tea uh our first uh, first tea chapter. Yeah. Uh, and we had, thir- we, well, we have more now. That was great. Uh, we had 30 kids under, under privileged kids playing golf for free. And now we have over 300. What? Yes, sir. That's insane. Yeah. Is it still on that same golf course? Uh, well, not there. Was over 300 in 10 no. different, in 10 different, uh, yeah. okay. 10 different chapters now. Cool. Yeah. And who was that old guy who we went to his house afterwards? El Dr. Sanchez Gaitan. Dr. Sanchez Gaitan. Yeah, so we went to his house after. So you, I can't even really describe this story, but we basically played golf in, not really in Puebla. We were like outside Puebla. Between Puebla and Morelos, two states. Yeah, so like in a town that was very small. Yes. We play a little nine-hole golf course. It's, you know, chipped. You know, n- nothing nothing fancy about this golf course, right? Um, and uh, And then afterwards... I remember being really tired because I think I flew in that morning and we drove two hours to go film this golf course and then the sun set. And then <laughs> he said, Augustine was like, we need to stop at someone's house on the way home. And I was like, dude, we've got a two hour drive and then we're filming tomorrow. And you're like, we just have to do it. And I was like, okay. And we literally go through a time capsule. We, we wind up in this guy. It's not a house. It's an hacienda. It's a hacienda. It's an hacienda. <laughs> I don't know if you know what a hacienda is if you're listening. Like, I didn't know. Jojo, do you know what a hacienda is? No, it it is well in a in a uh, it is a hacienda there in the early 1900s was where the you know the the uh, the the posh people lived there and they had 
a bunch of workers working the land, etc. So in revolution, in our, in our civil war time, in the nine, from 1910 to 1920s, a lot of things happened in the Hacienda because the, the town, the people were taking over. So you had hangings, you had a bunch of stuff. Oh, wow, I didn't realize. In all that, in all that part of the history. Okay. So um, it is... It, it's like a plantation it kind of, or like a mansion. It's kind of like plantation, it's yeah. It's massive. I mean, they had like 20 bedrooms. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and he had this like big open living room with like a pool, like a, like a piano, a grand piano, and they were like smoking cigarettes inside the house. There was like these really expensive books, and like this guy was an entertainer, a host, really, to the to a degree that I had never seen. And we just, I mean, we were there for like I don't know, we were there until really, really late. Well, you didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave. Yeah, <laughs> we we're just having the best time ever. I was like dancing, like going on tours, like, and the guy was just so interesting. He kind of reminds me of a Bond villain, actually. I mean, he had like kind of an interesting voice, very like eccentric clothing yes. and like vibe and just like kind of always smoking, lighting something while he's smoking. Yeah. Beautiful wife. Like, just like, is it his girlfriend? I don't know. It's like, what's going on? You know, like very interesting story. And then, and then we invited him to come play golf with us at a meetup. And he was like, yeah, I'll be there. And he just showed up and played golf with like he, 10 he, kids. He showed up. He, yeah, he loved he it. And he was like, didn't really, you know, he like wasn't into the competitive nature of the game. He just was kind of having fun. He had a, you were describing someone who had life all figured out. Kind of. Very open. Yeah. Very open. All right, so uh, I don't know if you know about Club Glove. You know Club Glove, right? What is Club Glove? It's the number one travel gear on tour for golfers. You put your golf bag in it. Uh, they also made a thing called Shiden. I don't know if you've seen when I look the fastest. What do you, what do you mean you look the fastest? I wear Shiden. I didn't know that at all. Shaden. When you do like speed golf? No, I go trail running. <laughs> I've been running on the trail. Did I, I've told you this, right? I didn't know this. What are you talking about? Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. Yesterday I ran five miles, 105 degrees on the trail. We talk when we're not in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just glare at each what's other. What's the uh, what's the Roger Ebert? Uh, who did Gene Sisko? It's an Eber Sisko kind of deal. You know yeah. what I mean? What they don't talk in real life? They they never talked. It'd be show on, <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down, get out of the show. We should do a thumbs up, thumbs down. I give thumbs up to Shaden because I wear that shit every day. I go. I've gotten into trail running first of all. Every day I go do it. I'm going to go do it. You know what I mean? I uh, thought you were into cold water. <clears throat> I do that too. So you trail run and then you jump in the cold water? I trail run, I sauna, and then I ice bath. Okay. And that takes up about two hours of my day. I guess when I'm older, I'll have to do these things. Have you ever played with an Etch-A-Sketch? How could this be part of the routine? <laughs> have you though? Yeah. You know, I, when you I, shake it and the pain goes, goes away? it goes away, yeah. So that's what I do at the end of the day to shake. I, I, I need to clear the day. Oh, it's a metaphor. Okay. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> I, just, I, just I speak in metaphor. Anyway, if you've experienced the, uh, the quality of the luggage from uh, Club Glove, you can only imagine how good the eyewear is. Feel the quality of a Shaden CIA frame the moment you put them on. And the team at Shaden spent close to a year perfecting the golf-specific lens. I'm not kidding. The lens is the best part. It feel, it Literally, when you put it on, it's like I go back to Jason Bourne a lot. Yeah. I feel like Jason Bourne. You're laughing. I'm just, they had me at CIA frame. <laughs> Jojo you, wanted to be in the CIA. I mean, Jojo, that's, that's one way to put it, yeah. <laughs> What's the other way to put it? <laughs> it was on track. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted you? Yeah, they wanted, they wanted me. Yeah. Gonna, are they going to, are you going to get poached from Random Golf Club podcast producer to the CIA? I think that they were looking for a particular <laughs> set of skills. <laughs> oh my God, I'll find you. Uh, if you've never had the confidence to wear sunglasses on the golf course, but you would love to start protecting your eyes, Shaden will guarantee satisfaction or your money back. Uh, you're going to go to clubglove.com. All right, boys, boys, this is confusing. Clubglove.com. Click on eyewear. And how come we don't have a unique link? This is unbelievable. <laughs> this is fun. Uh, use the code EAL show. If you don't use the code, stop listening to the podcast. You know what? Give them full decor. You have to uh, turn on your computer. <laughs> <laughs> turn. 
plug in plug in the computer, plug turn it, it on. Yeah. Won't work if you don't silence your cell phone because yep. it's going to take you a minute. You're going to go to clubglove.com. No, you're going to go to start and then you're going to Internet Explorer. Hey, do you have Wi Fi? You want to make sure you're on Wi Fi. Maybe go to McDonald's if you're yep. not. Yep, if you're hungry. You're going to get 20% off, off site wide, but you have to use the code EAL. So that's up to four. I think some of these glasses are 150 So you're looking at $30 off. Uh, clubglove.com. Click on eyewear and use the code EAL show. Their line, see better, play better with Shade and Eyewear. My line, look like you want to fucking grind, okay? Fuck yeah. (laughs) That's the line, okay? I wear them. I like them. I called them. I said, let me do an ad for you. This is the ad. Love it or hate it, go there. They were like, we don't have time to make a link, but... (laughs) No one's... It's fine. I love the glasses. I'll see you later. What, uh, What are you happiest what am I happiest? When, yeah. When now, are you happy? When am I happiest? Yeah, when? Now. Come on. Now. And, and, and later, later. <laughs> <laughs> I need a specific. I was imagining a palm tree. I was thinking I palm happy, tree, Eric, beach. I have learned. Yeah. I am very Baruch. lucky to learn to wherever, wherever I am at, regardless of the situation that I am in, that is my favorite moment of my life right there. Wow. I I am not there yet. Okay. I'm just not. It is, it, it, I, get, I get annoyed pretty easily, actually. Yes. <laughs> I do. And am, am I annoying you now? No, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little annoyed. <laughs> I would have enjoyed a better answer. Um, no, no. I, w- I, just, I will give you the other no. the other answer. Yeah, but just like, where's your happy place? Yeah, okay. I guess that's my question. Uh, yeah, okay. My Not here. It can't be in the Scores Hotel, just off the first screen on Saturday at the 150 <laughs> No, that, this is my happiest moment today, yes. For sure. Uh, oh, I've been, I don't know how to answer that. I mean, I would, obviously my family, my fantastic wife that without her, I could not, we could not have three fabulous niños, we, we, we boys and a girl. Um, whenever I'm there, I savor them. I, 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 I just live the moment, you know, our, our, our career makes us travel a lot. Uh, How often are you on the road? What's your uh, What's your yearly uh, breakdown? I, I, I don't. I can. Uh, 135 flights a year. So. So that's more than 130 uh, days. I would say, yeah, yeah. It's um, probably close to 200. That's a little more than half, at least. A little, a little bit more. Yeah, kind of like in, in that in that area. Yeah. Was your recent trip to Iceland your first time there? Or the you first been? time in Iceland? Yes. Yeah. How yes. sick! Were you with? Um, <laughs> Oh goodness! Who's my friend in Iceland? What's his, what's who am I thinking of? Oh, uh, the uh, uh, Rold. Yeah, yeah, Edwin. Edwin. Yeah, Edwin. were you with? Yes, I was, of course, I was with, with Edwin. Edwin. Yeah, yeah he Fuck was. Hell. He made this part. Uh, he's part of the EIGCA, the European Institute of Golf Course Architects, and I love being part of the European Institute. Uh, they're they're two bigger per se. The uh, institutes or societies of golf architecture, the American Society of Golf Course Architects, and the European Institute of Golf Architects. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a member of both, we're very happy uh, and privileged. The EIGCA though has every single AGM, just like in the States, you have the different states you visit. Here, we have a different country we visit. Right. So this was in Iceland, it has been in Prague, it has been in, in Sweden in Marbella, in the south of France, in Italy, in all the Portugal. So I can't miss those. Yeah. <laughs> this one was an Iceland special event uh, because we played midnight golf with the close right. to the solstice. No? Oh, that so, looks so fun. So we played midnight golf on a on a 12-hole golf course. Brotherhold. Uh, Brotherhold, which, uh, beautiful. yes, beautiful. I was... Uh, Unbelievable. Uh, it is. It is. How many... How many- how many ocean holes can you have? I know. It's beautiful. Unless you're on like a boat, really. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> it incredible. It is. It is. It is. And the elevation great. changes? Great sight. Um, beautiful, beautiful course that you can just, you know, you're, you you can have fun out there. Try and, yeah. and drive the holes. Or Did you hit the green on that par three? I did hit the I hit the greens in all par threes. Dang. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm your, a I'm long in an hole. interview. Of course I hit the yeah. green. <laughs> Check. Try me. Yeah, Brotherhold doesn't need six holes. That's not its problem. I mean, it doesn't even have a problem. I guess it's in Iceland, but yeah, it's fun. Well, it, it would be great if uh, if that was cherished, no? To yeah. a whole golf course. Yeah. No, not enough, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, 
found your uh, episode. It took forever. Oh, I yeah. found it. Why was it hard to find? Uh, because you used the diacritics. So you spelled his name, your, your name correctly. Like with the, the... Oh, I put the accent over the A? Put the accents over the, the A chances. and stuff. Well, was, I didn't even know podcasting software could do that. Oh, so when you type ago. in P-I-Z-A, it doesn't come no, up? No, it doesn't pop up, no. Can you take it up? <laughs> I, can, I can remove it, yeah. Or what episode you, is if it? If you can't remove it from there, I'll remove it from my birth certificate. Okay, then, ah. then it works out. <laughs> it was uh, episode 141. Oh, wow. Uh, July 29th, 2019. And the description is, although the golf show Mexico has come to an end, we give you the last piece of the puzzle, an exclusive interview between Eric Anders Lang and golf course architect. That's a, Pisa. In two weeks, that'll be three years old. It feels like longer, though, doesn't it? It feels, yeah. It feels like 10 years. It feels like a lot has changed in golf in three years, I think. Definitely. I would like to think so. And a lot of things are changing now. Mm. So uh, on all aspects, I would like to think that architecture, I don't know if architecture is changing, but it at least it's changed the perspective of a lot of uh, of a few or a lot of developers out there that they're all looking now for a different type of architecture, kind of like more into the golden age, mm. more into the, uh, you know, the architect side of it. Uh, and and uh, I mean the, the the brand architects are still there, but I think more and more you hear the, the you know the names like David Kidd, uh, yeah. all, all the Dokes, you know the Corin Crenshaws. They're they're getting bigger every day. Yeah, they're getting bigger every day, and uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful because you 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 have that beautiful mix of art and science. In you know, mixed balance with nature. That's that's what we study. That's what we do. This is, you know, it is a it, it is a trait uh, that 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 you work on. You know, we are students of the game. Eric and I were watching earlier today as Bryson. Uh, well, we, we I was saying he was like breaking the old course a little bit. You know, it looked like per- perhaps he was playing into places where he could take relief and testing the limits of what this course can allow as the golfers obviously you know there's hitting it longer but there's the technology what is the relationship between the architect and the golfer as far as the architect pushing the golfer to new limits and the golfers consistently and constantly forcing you know maybe and maybe they don't forcing architects to consider how to build a course that can challenge both the amateur and the professional it's great. I, I actually don't think that there is such a thing of a course that challenges the amateur and the professional. I think uh, all of these places that you, you go into their website and you see, oh, it's uh, challenging for the best player and still fun for the uh, amateur. It is, uh, it is just all marketing. It doesn't exist. I think that the best courses are uh, defined courses. So if you define a course like CPC Sawgrass, like Beth Pleachback, then you will challenge the top players. If you are a resort course or something a little bit more fun per se, then you then the amateur will have fun. You cannot, you know, I don't think so anyway, or at least I don't do it in my work. If if that's the case, then are you stimping the greens on thirteen at thirteen? Are you doing tight lies to to to, to challenge the, the 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 great players? So then a 24 handicap comes in and it's stimping a 13 and you have a tight lie, he's going to hate the course. So uh, it, 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 is not, it cannot happen. Yeah. Or are you going to stimp them at eight and a half for a resort course? Is somebody, uh, a plus six player is going to say, oh, what, what is this? He's going he's gonna to hate the course. You never get it to the hole, yeah. So you cannot have that amb- ambiguity. You cannot have it. You can talk about it. You can promote it. You can say you have it. You don't. The best golf courses out there, in my opinion, are the ones that are defined. So for me, when I arrive with a client is, what is the why? What do you want to achieve with your golf course? Do you want to do a player's course? Do you want to do a resort course? Do you want to do a pay and play course? Do you want to do a residential, second home, first home? All of that, in our perspective, has to be defined so that we can really help you with the design behind it. Even with the master plan, the master plan has to be a, 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 a thought out before you even start the first sketch. So all of these, this is my point of view on, on golf courses. So when you ask me, what do you do? Well, you don't do anything. You define the golf course. If it's going to be a player's course for a tournament that you're hosting in, in two years, then I can understand that you will have 
back tees and you will have different, a different setting, different angles, different diagonals, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. But again, you would have to define it. And, you know, in, in our world, at least in, in our, as in Pisa golf, you know, we're, we're right now in a, in our newest uh, project, we don't have back tees. We're not going to go with back tees. We're just going to go with member tees and, and towards the front. That's awesome. You know, it's, uh, we're, why would we design for the less than 1% of players that when they go and play, they don't even pay? So, uh, you know, we have to also take Whoa. care of our clients uh, and, and understand the business. We are an architecture firm that understand the business behind golf. So it's, uh, it, there is a very fine balance to help and be uh, a, a good architect in all the sense of the world, a word, a 360 degree architect that understands the structure, the science, the art, uh, the aesthetics, but, and the business. Most golfers in the world are not very good and they're all paying to play. Like you said, they're not, how many people are actually like- 24 handicap, 26 handicap is the world uh, average. Is that what it is? Yep. 26. They're happy. They're, 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 uh, so, so if you design a resort course, you, wanna, you don't want them to break 100 and go buy a great meal and some good wine. There's nothing. I, I just don't think the problem is that courses are too easy. I just don't think that's the problem. I'm not even like, I'm not bad at golf, but I just, losing a ball is just a terrible feeling. It just doesn't feel good. Losing a ball is like you feel like you're like incompetent entirely. Huh? We 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 saw how Tom Hanks felt when he lost his ball. <laughs> well, so uh, no, it's uh, it it is, and, and you know what? Golf is as tough as it is. You know, uh, just when you're you can play your best golf, and it's so amazing how if you get a business call or if you get a call from the significant other or whatever. And you now it gets into your head, and you're not gonna play well again in yeah. that in the next three or four holes. It's True. amazing how golf is True. in that in that regards. So um, so yes, I mean we you don't want to make a golf course, um, uh, you don't want to punish an average golfer because you know we we punish ourselves. We don't need more punishment. So that's uh, yeah, true. Yeah. Um, I have a question I've been asking everyone this week. Um, it's kind of unusual. You've been to the Open here at St. Andrews a few times, I'm assuming? Not at St. Andrews. In, wow. uh, and in, in, I've been to other Opens, but... This is the first Open at the Old Course. This is the first Open at the Old Course, yes. That's a big deal. Okay, great. So um, then this, this, this will be interesting. So, But you've been to the Old Course, obviously. You've yes, I played it. A yes. lot. Yeah. Or it played with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So as you kind of like experience the open at St. Andrews, there's obviously a lot of people walking around. Um, that said, there's also a lot of objects that don't move, that are inanimate, that are kind of not organic, you know, matter with consciousness. But if you had to pick one inanimate object around town or on the course or, you know, involved in the tournament in some way, what would you be and why? A hell bunker. Hell bunker. Why? So I think uh, I think there's a little bit of uh, irony in me. I think there's a little bit of uh, of of you know a, uh, a devilish when I start. You know, as an architect, as a as a creator, I I do have a sense of humor when I design. So uh, I would like to uh, I would like to continue with that sense of humor and uh, have a few laughs and also have show some respect for anybody that actually uh, was there and 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 didn't mind and he was it was I know that that shot just get out of there in one and it was perfect and right in the put placed it right in the sombrero uh, after the uh, the bunker I think that I would I would love I would love to be that uh you know a, a hell bunker out there and uh and and have a few laughs and uh you know have be a little bit of uh uh sarcastic i don't know that's that's what i would 
So for the people at home who don't have an image of Hellbunker, can you describe the the nature of Hellbunker, the kind of the shape and the placement? And well, the- it's not the shape. The, 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 the bunkers usually on, especially on the old course, but one characteristic of Lynx golf, golf is... Uh, is that the um, the contours feed to the uh, to the bunkers? So I think that's that's one of the my favorite characteristics because that's exactly if the course is firm and dry, you can hit a six iron and still think that you had and the ball could roll 50, 60 yards after the ball hit, and it could trickle into any of these pot bunkers or hell bunker, etc. So I I think that's one of the best features out on a Lynx golf, that's the ones that I enjoy the most. Those, those um, you know, nuances of design, shaping, um, and collaborative thinking of how that ball will trickle and play with your senses at the end. Because, you know, one thing that I love also, Eric, is that the golf course should play with your sense of humor. You know, it should play with, with your you know, one one day if you if you go go into hell bunker and you're and you play bad or whatever, you will hate the course. The next day, if you get out of it in one, or you know, you would love the course. So I, I think one of the also one of the things that I love about golf architecture is that you actually, you know, you you can play with the sense of humor of of the player. So that's that's what I would. Is Hell Bunker, is it, remind me, is this like this large bunker that's sprawling with a lot of tongues and like movement? It's the largest bunker, yes. It reminds me of your bunkers. <laughs> no? At the pit, probably, yes, yeah. because I, I created the, uh, the, uh, the pit with the, the, the bunker with the fire pit in the yeah. middle. Yes, it is, it is inspired to a certain extent by, well, definitely by the Scottish, by my Scottish time, my time in Scotland. But uh, definitely, it is a, a hill bunker stylish, uh, a fragmented green that we designed. Uh, the only thing, the, the difference is that uh, we took it and created a sculpture out of it. So if you're going to do a revetted, that was my thinking. If you're going to do a revetted bunker, why do it normal? Why not take this structure and create a dragon's tail like and creative grass sculpture first, that by the way, it is a golf course. So if you have those elements, why do the normal? Yeah, That's, I agree. Yeah. So we just, took, we just took it to the next level of artistry. That's, I love that. that's what we did. Very appropriate answer, yeah. Um, any other things to add? I mean, this has been wonderful for me. Do you have any? any... Oh, this is, uh, this is great. Just uh, thank you very much as always for having me, for, for trusting our work, our, uh, our time together in these chats. I mean, hopefully, you know, if, uh, if anybody out there is inspired, then uh, we did our job, didn't we? I can't wait to see what we do next. Yeah. Because this is, this is more just a catch-up. This is more just doing a podcast so that we can hang out. I can't wait to see what's next. Well, we will have lots of nextes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Augie. Thank you. Thank you.